This is Challenge Extended, the adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Disabled Sports USA. I'm your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Challenge Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Challenge Extended provides an opportunity to share the personal stories of our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Since competing at the 2016 Paralympic Games in Rio, wheelchair racer Daniel Romanchek has been on fire. He has won the Chicago Marathon, the London Marathon, the New York City Marathon, by the way, the youngest athlete to do so, and this time last year became the first American to win the Boston Marathon in 26 years. He has already landed a spot to compete at the Tokyo Paralympic Games, but will now have to wait until 2021 thanks to the coronavirus. We sit down with him to talk about how he trains, the sport of wheelchair racing, and more. Daniel, thank you for being my guest. Thanks for having me. And I, I might uh, say for our listeners, Daniel is uh, kind of grew up in my neck of the woods. So it's really nice. Uh, uh, you know, Daniel grew up in um, Mount Airy, Maryland, and it's great to, great to highlight someone that's uh, from, from essentially my backyard. So we're, I'm really excited to have you. So Daniel, let's talk a little bit about uh, how you got, in, got into sports to begin with. Uh, so... So the story goes, um, so I was around one and a half at the time, so I don't really remember it, but um, so my mom and I were at a Spina Bifida Association meeting, and uh, I was playing in a sandbox, and uh, Debbie McFadden, Tatiana McFadden's mom, had basically seen me in the sandbox and found my mom and just told her about uh, the local sports program out of Baltimore, Maryland, which is the the Bennett Blazers Physically Challenged Sports Program. And so she said, as soon as I turn two, that I need to start going there. Uh, And so that's kind of how we found out about about the Bennett. And uh, so I started going as soon as I was two and just did uh, pretty much everything they offered. And, and what was the, uh, and Bennett Blazers, of course, is a program of uh, the Kennedy Krieger Institute, which is one yep. of our chapters. Uh, what is, what is it with the magic number two? Is that kind of just uh, one of their prerequisites, if you will, or? Um, yep, or, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and you talked to, you know, you mentioned that you've you really participated in, in almost essentially everything they had to offer, you know, I know that you, started out playing wheelchair basketball and and swimming and archery triathlon even sled hockey what what was it about um track and field that particularly drew you in who um i think i've always enjoyed pushing myself and so that was a a, a thing that i could very easily push, you know, push myself and try and find where my, my limits were. And, uh, it, at first I think it was probably, it was very simple. It's get from point A to point B as fast as you can. <laughs> uh, so sometimes, you know, when you get into a lot of the, the technical parts of some sports, it just, you know, it's a lot to think about at one time. And sometimes I think I just liked how simple it seemed to be. And, and it, is it, is it also something that it's, it's somewhat of a individualistic sport, right? So, um, and, and not a, a team based sport, if you will. So is it about, you know, 
the quest or challenge to, you know, compete against yourself or to be the, you know, the best that you can be? What is it that's different maybe than, than some of the team sports you played? Who, um, that's a little hard to say. Um, we, we can skip that one if you like. Yeah, I'm not, not entirely sure. Um, I mean, while it certainly is, you know, an, an individualized sport, I think there, anyone within the sport is just, it's, it's an individualized sport, but it's also almost just one big team at the same time, because, you know, I'll be going to, you know, almost any, any race that I go to and I'll, I'm absolutely, you know, I'm, uh, oh, let me think about where I'm going before I try and get there. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's basically, yeah. Uh, so you, it's sort of an individual sport, but it's also, it's sort of a team sport as well. Cause I'll, I'll go to almost, you know, I'll go to any race really. And you know, everyone's willing to help each other out. If somebody needs, you know, a, needs a new tire or some, you know, some other part of their equipment, you know, malfunctions or whatever, someone's all, always willing to help out. So in a sense, it's really a, it's a one really big team in a sense. Uh, and so I should back up and say, why did you get involved in sports to begin with? What, what was it about, whether it's wheelchair racing, uh, hand cycling, uh, or just in, in general, what was it about sports that drew that, you know, that really excited you and, and propelled you to want to participate? Uh, I think, uh, you know, my uh, siblings have all been, you know, very athletic, uh, and so they both did, played basketball, swam, uh, and, you know, and a few other sports as well. And so, you know, I think everyone in the family has kind of just been involved in sports. Um, in, in a sense, you know, I, I was, you know, started going to Bennett when I was two, so I didn't, didn't have too much of a choice in a, in a sense, but, you know, <laughs> I just, I really, really enjoyed going there. And um, we talked about, you know, I, I alluded at the introduction about some of the races that you've not only participated in, but, but won. Uh, can you kind of go through maybe a couple of those races? You know, which ones, you know, did you like? Which ones are your favorites? Um, and, and just maybe walk us through, uh, you know, for folks that may not be familiar with, you know, either Chicago or New York City or Boston or even London for that matter, um, you know, what, what and how those races are different and how you uh, looked at each of those races? Uh, yes. So there are, you know, I've traveled around the world going to, you know, so many different races, uh, you know, from ranging from track races to up to a marathon. And so, uh, you know, I've been to Australia uh, South Korea, Germany, you, you know, been to pretty much everywhere. Um, and so, uh, it's really just, it's a very, um, you know, I really enjoyed just traveling and going to see the, all, you know, all these different parts of the world, but just to kind of narrow in on, uh, you know, say the marathons for, for the moment, uh, you know, I've done the Chicago, the Marathon, the New York City Marathon, Boston, London, uh, you know, Berlin, Tokyo. Uh, and so uh, 
But one, one thing that's really kind of unique about the marathons is just how all of the races kind of differ from each other. Um, you know, they're all the same distance, but, you know, going through, um, you know, all the, the boroughs of New York City uh, or through the, through the New York Marathon is just, it's such a unique experience and really just how, how you just get to see so much of these places in, during the races, you know, I, I try not to sightsee too much, but, um, <laughs> you're not there as a tourist, right? <laughs> uh, so, but it's just, I re- really enjoy going to all of the places and, you know, going through the cities and doing things in the cities. Um, no, no two races are the same, even if they're at the same location, you know, they're the, they're never going to be exactly the same. And the, the six that you mentioned, I mean, those are considered, I believe, the world, the world majors, right? The, from, from Abbott, uh, Abbott World Marathon majors? Yep. Uh, so that, those are uh, the, the series of races. Yep. Uh, so in the calendar year, starting in Tokyo, going to Boston, London, Berlin, Chicago, and New York. And do you, is there uh, a favorite or one that's more challenging or uh, I know that you said they're all different, but, but to, to you, do you, do you have a favorite or one that kind of gives you a little bit more trouble or angst or challenge, I guess I should say? Um, all, it all kind of depends on, you know, what, uh, what kind of a racer anyone is really. Uh, so if you like hilly courses, you know, I grew up in Mount Airy, Maryland. So, uh, you know, I grew up climbing hills. And so I always love the courses like New York and Boston, where, you know, they've got lots of hills and cl- climbs specifically. But uh, courses like Chicago and London are a lot, they're very flat and have lots of turns. And so it really, kind of varies depending on what kind of a racer you are. Yeah. And that makes sense. And, and I imagine there are so many other factors too, just, you know, weather and even how you're feeling that day. <laughs> I imagine there's, there's a lot of factors that go into each, each race, each, dif- each time. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, there have been years like 2018 Boston where, you know, the, the weather plays a huge, role in the race Uh, and you know it's something I always like to do before a race you know whether it's a a marathon or just a shorter race uh, 510k whatever is I like to go out and preview the course so I just get you know get in a car and just drive the course I just looking at the the road conditions the general terrain uh, just to kind of pinpoint any specific features that, you know, I want to really know exactly where they are so I can be ready for them. And I think that's definitely, you know, good advice for anybody that that's wanting to, you know, look at, at competing in a marathon. And and uh, have you done anything beyond a marathon? I know um, you're, I think you're, you've mentioned to me before that you, you know, focus on, you know, kind of 400 meter and up. Uh, have you explored any of things beyond kind of the marathon distance? I have not yet, no. 
Is that something that, you know, you would explore maybe, you know, post, uh, post uh, Paralympic uh, timeframe or anything along those lines? Um, I haven't given too much thought of, you know, about that, but, uh, you know, maybe sometime in the future. Uh, and then I, so I remember you also telling me that you were somewhat surprised to make the team in 2016 and, uh, and clearly you've, you've exploded on the scene since then. Um, you know, can you, can you maybe tell me, uh, tell the you know, listeners a little bit about your 2016 experience and then, you know, and then what you've done, you know, since then and, uh, uh, you know, leading up to the 2020 uh, Paralympic Games in Tokyo and then maybe even further expand on your expectations going into uh, this year's uh, Paralympic Games. And so, you know, as, uh, as, as I've kind of, kind of said before, you know, I, we were crunching the numbers during trials in, uh, in Charlotte and, you know, just plugging every, all the formulas through and, you know, I barely had squeaked onto the team. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, an amazing experience really, uh, from team processing to, you know, opening ceremonies, the village, and it, everything was just, and I had a great time there. So in, in a way, you know, we kind of knew where I physically was. Um, and so we weren't, you know, we weren't going in expecting really anything, you know, meddling or anything like that. But, um, you know, of course, give, give it everything I could talk with my coaches, you know, how should I approach this race? You know, I have x y and z in it how how do they think that it, it will go and how should i kind of plan um you know to get to get the best outcome and uh it really was is kind of a go through the experience as many times as i could you know go through team processing get two huge suitcases that I could almost climb inside of full of clothes <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the, the international travel living at the village, uh, trying to, you know, deal with nutrition and just lining up on the start line, um, equipment, just so many things. We were just trying to go through them as many times as I could uh, before Tokyo. So nothing's really new. Exactly. And, and some of that definitely of the first time experiences you know, can be exciting, but it could also be overwhelming. And, and so taking all of that in now you've, you have one of those under your belt and you can concentrate on, you know, on the, the competition a little bit more, maybe perhaps that's, that's great. And so what, what are, what expectations um, have you set, you know, for either yourself or for your, a performance, uh, you know, in 2020? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I have any expectations, really. Um, you know, the male T54 class is just, it's such a wide class that there's really, you, to try and say that, oh, this is going to be the, the outcome of any given race is just it's the you know you can like i've said before you can run the same race same people same course twice and the results will not be the same 
Um, and so, you know, I, I don't necessarily, I don't really try and set any, um, you know, expectations for place or time or anything like that. Weather plays in and can really, you know, that can, has a huge factor in times. And, uh, so, um, I, I like to keep my goals, um, just to, to things that I, I can control and I know that, you know, I can do. And so it's, uh, that's kind of my approach on this summer. And I think, I think it's great to hear. I mean, I think, uh, I think definitely some folks that are out there that, you know, are out there competing, uh, you know, sometimes uh, there are expectations set and sometimes, you know, then, then, you know, if you don't meet them, uh, uh, you know, there's a level of disappointment. So I think it's good to hear. It's refreshing to hear that, um, uh, you know, that, that you kind of come in with that mindset and that, and that, and that frame of mind. So, Let's walk through a little bit about how you actually train, you know, maybe talk a little bit about what a typical training regiment would be for you either on a day by day basis or even, you know, do you do certain things on certain days and other things in other days? Uh, so typically I'd uh, you know, kind of wake up around 6 a.m., uh, make breakfast before practice at 8, and then at Practice is usually uh, around an hour, hour and a half long. Uh, kind of depends on what season we're in at that time. Um, and then uh, go go home, get uh, showered, and then uh, get you know get recovery in as as fast as possible. I usually uh, have a glass of milk, and so uh, after I'm back and I've gotten my recovery in and I'm all uh, ready for the rest of the day. It's usually head off to classes if I have any, or there might be, you know, if I needed to do anything to my equipment, if something uh, happened during practice, you know, I always make sure to get that uh, sorted out before the next practice. Um, you know, as I mentioned, classes are always, you know, something I'm watching, making sure I'm staying on top of. And, um, sometimes, uh, again, depending on, uh, what kind of where we are in the year, there might be a second practice at three in the afternoon. Um, and that'll maybe weights, maybe back in the chair. Um, but, uh, pretty much just always keeping on top of school and equipment and, uh, you know, nutrition as well. Um, kind of just balance, balancing all of those and just uh, making sure everything's getting done. And I know that's uh, a lot to, a lot to indeed balance. <laughs> you, you mentioned nutrition. What, what do you do from a nutrition side to make sure that you're, you know, at the level that you want to, to be at? Uh, so I can, uh, you know, I typically have been uh, trying to just make sure you know, I get enough vegetables uh, and sort of uh, those kind of nutrients, uh, protein and carbs as well are, you know, they're very important, but I typically get enough of those just in my, you know, my general uh, eating. Uh, but so something I really try and stay on top of is uh, vegetables, making sure I'm just getting enough because I, you know, I can drink at, at times, maybe around a gallon of milk a day. And so, you know, 
pro- protein is uh, pretty pretty well taken care of at that point. Exactly. <laughs> and do you do any? I know some athletes do some cross training. Do you do you do any cross training either seasonally or at different times? Um, not too much. Um, that's really consistent. I might you know occasionally go to swim or use a hand cycle. Um, I've uh, cross-country skied before as well, um, but typically not too much cross-training. Gotcha. What you know? What are your long-term goals um, within the sport? Do you have some sort of plan in mind for, for you know either how long you'd like to compete or what you'd like to do? Any any kind of goal setting around uh, around either wheelchair racing or anything along those lines? Um, yeah, I, of course, I'd, I'd love to stay in the sport uh, for as long as I could, um, you know, no matter whether it's as an athlete or, you know, as a mentor. Um, you know, I've had uh, a number of uh, people help, you know, help me to get to where I am. You know, I cer- certainly did not get here on my own. Um, and so, you know, I, I know also how much of a, a difference people have made in my life just being in, you know, that sort of a position. And so I really want to just help others and do that for other people as well. Um, And so, you know, that's kind of, you know, how long I'd like to, you know, it really is as long as I can uh, is really as long <laughs> Again, I whatever, whatever that means, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, and, um, and you mentioned, um, uh, you know, and I think I find that indicative of, you know, definitely the ad- adaptive sports field in terms of not only uh, athletes realizing, you know, how they, you know, how others have been able to help get them to where they are, but the the sense and notion and feeling that they also want to pay that forward. And, and you already do that. I know you go back to Kennedy Krieger uh, frequently and, and I'm sure other places as well. So talk a little bit about how you already are maybe helping train, uh, you know, future athletes or those just, or individuals who just want to get involved in sports and recreation, maybe not even at the competitive level. Yeah. And, you know, I, as you kind of mentioned, I, you know, I'd like to get back to uh, the Bennett Blazers, you know, the program that I'm from whenever our, our schedules work out, uh, you know, and try and just help bring along the next generation, uh, you know, of uh, athletes. I'll take, uh, you know, I'll do, do a lot of the mechanical things with the equipment uh, when I'm there. Um, so my, my dad also does that, uh, cause he's still out, uh, out in Mount Airy. So he'll sometimes be in on the, when they're meeting and he'll help, uh, kind of take care of all the equipment. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm also, I'm starting to make a video series on just how to, how to maintain a, a racing chair. Um, you know, from as simple as how do you inflate your tire mm. to, you know, a, a lot of more, uh, you know, I'll eventually get into some more depth, uh, more in-depth things uh, a bit later. But, uh, you know, I, I remember kind of being a younger racer and thinking, no, my, my tires are, they're, they're okay. 
that, you know, they're, they're soft, but I, I don't want to try to inflate them and end up with a flat tire. So I would just, <laughs> I wouldn't put any air in them. And so, you know, just remembering how kind of I felt and, you know, my parents and I as well, really how we felt, uh, in starting the sport with all of the, you know, just all handling all the equipment. So that's something I, I'm kind of, uh, creating a video series to try and help, you know, a younger athletes, coaches, really anyone who's, uh, you know, in the sport who wants to learn more about the taking care of their equipment. Um, cause I think that's a, that's certainly a, a barrier to starting the sport and or continuing the sport is just the equipment can get quite overwhelming at times. Indeed. And I, so I think that, that, that type of advice is really, really going to be beneficial to others, you know, and obviously based on your own experience. So, you know, you have to learn somehow. And so it's good that you're continuing that. What, what, um, you know, if you could go back and give your younger self some advice, knowing what you know now, what, what advice would you give a younger Daniel? Who that's a little hard. Um, personally, I would not change a thing really i mean i know that god has a plan and that you know no matter whether i it, no matter whether it would you know alleviate a, a rough time that i've had or not you know i i would not change a thing because i mm. you know i do not know his plan for my life and so uh from personal perspective i really wouldn't change anything but, you know, ad advice I would give a uh, younger athlete is, you know, have fun, listen to your coaches. They, you know, they know what they're doing. Don't take shortcuts. Don't do more than you're supposed to do as well. <laughs> um, yeah, and just kind of, like I said, have fun. And that's definitely all good advice because once, once fun is removed from the factor, it really changes, you know. It changes the game, if you will. So I, I totally understand that. And, and lastly, I guess, you know, I know that you've been involved and have posted about, you know, the equipment and the evolution of the equipment and, and whether it's the, the, you know, the type of frame and the material that the frame is made of. Where do you see the sport heading, um, you know, over, you know, over the next, you know, year or years or so? Um, I mean, I've really seen, a, you know, a lot of great things happening recently, uh, as far as just equality in sports, uh, from the, the USOC changing its name to the USOPC, uh, including Paralympic in its name, um, for the, the Peachtree Road Race equaling the, the prize money for the course record being broken, mm -hmm. um, equal medal pay. I just I see a lot of uh, a lot of great things happening, and I think with uh, you know nowadays with so much technology coming out, I really see you know there's a lot of opportunity with just technology. Uh, I was at the the New York City Marathon, uh, and with uh, the TCS, the sponsor, one of the sponsors, and. Um, you know, they had created a, uh, there were actually two, two sort of games you could play. There was, uh, one of them was, they had a 
racing chair strapped to a roller, which is basically a, our version of a treadmill. And you would get into the chair and they had basically a, a full racing setup, but chairs, glove, uh, and, but they also had a VR headset. And so you'd put the headset on and it would take you through the last hundred meters of the finish through the park. And so, cool. you know, and anyone can, can try it, you know, basically there's just, there was a booth and anyone who, you know, come up to the booth, you could get in the chair and try that and have that experience. Um, and I think just there, there's so much opportunity with having those shared experiences uh, because they kind of reduce any sort of fear of the unknown because we're, because we're flying by sometimes, you know, at, at 20 or 30 or miles an hour or whatever. And we're, we sometimes just seem, maybe seem like a blur. And so that just, there's just so much, so much unknown with uh, the sports. And I think that just, it really helps to just create those shared experiences so that there's, you know, there's not so much unknown anymore. That's yeah. It's, wow. I didn't, I didn't realize that they had that, that, that up there. That's pretty cool. If, if folks want to kind of follow you or follow your progress, um, how, how do they, how do they do that? Uh, so I have a uh, Facebook. Um, I have an athlete page, which is uh, just look Daniel Roman Chuck. Um, I have an Instagram. So, uh, so Instagram and Facebook probably would be the yep. best way to kind of follow your ongoing yep. kind of progress, right? Pretty much. Yep. Facebook right. and Instagram. Awesome. Anything else you'd like to add, Daniel? I think that's all good. Thank you. Well, great. Well, thanks for being my guest uh, today. And uh, we will definitely be rooting for you and following you all throughout uh, 2020. So good luck. Thank you. 